Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to Bible study. We are so grateful that you are here joining us. And if there's anyone uh, joining us for the very first time, we welcome you to our time of Bible study. Uh, we are continuing in our Bible study in 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, we have been diligently going through the scripture. We pray that the word of God is um, not just, you're not just hearers of the word of God, but we are doers of the word of God. And so we just thank the Lord for uh, being able to study God's word together. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this night, another opportunity to study your word. Um, we delight in you, for you are the God of our salvation. And now, Lord, as we um, gather to read, study, deliberate, and share your word, we pray, Lord, it would spring up in us and um, what you would want us to do, and that we could be what you'd want us to be. Father, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. Well, again, good evening. Uh, we are in First Peter chapter 2, and we... Uh, stop right at verse uh, 12. And so we're going to pick up um, at verse 13. And we're talking about, again, how is it uh, that we are going to live out our life as disciples, as people of the kingdom of God? How should we then live? And so we're going to uh, read the scripture. I think I saw Lloyd Inman. Are you, are you on tonight? Yes, I do see your name. Yes, sir. Okay, can you read verses uh, 13 through 17? Actually, 13 through the end of the chapter. All right. I'm using, reading from the New King James Version. Okay. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not under liberty, as a coat, but vice, but as a bond servant of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable, if because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults? You have taken it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example 
that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor deceitful found in his mouth? Who, when did he reveal? Did he not reveal the return when he suffered? He did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judged righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By those stripes, you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Amen. Amen. We're going to uh, dive into that in just a moment. But I'd like, I'd like to do, are there any two or three things that stand out to you in this section? There's a lot there. But let's uh, just take the moment just to give an overview in terms of anything that stood out to you as you heard the scripture read. Yeah, Pastor. Go ahead. It started off with with uh, thirteen. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be the king or as as supreme, that we are to submit ourselves to man for the Lord's sake, and. Uh, Sometimes I have to wrestle with these particular scriptures because sometimes the government is unjust and, and mm. people in command can be real cruel sometimes. But yeah. I, we, we, I was discussing the other day with someone about Dr. Martin Luther King, how he believed in nonviolence. And even though they were beaten and put in jail and treated harshly, he still did not fight back. But he submitted himself to the to the orders of the government, and I, I think about that. And 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 I, when I was in the civil rights movement, there were some people who were not Christians in the march and in the movement. There were some people who was not saved, but because of the prayers of the saints, we used to get together and pray at the churches before we went on marches, and because of the prayers of the saints. Even they would not fight back, but we withheld from engaging in any kind of fisticuffs or battles with law enforcement. And we took it and went to jail. We were beaten. And uh, it, it just shows the power of God, what he's able to do and how Dr. King was able to promote uh, uh, integration and overcome segregation by following the nonviolent rule of submitting himself to the authority. Okay. Anybody else? That's good. Thank you. On verse number 24, uh -huh. who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. Sister Debbie, by his stripes, you are <laughs> still speaking 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 life that's good that's good that's good one more anybody else 
maintain good conduct among the Gentiles in 12. A lot of times uh, that, that's the only Christ that they see is, is us. And, and, and wrongdoers, they, won't, they don't have anything to say wrong about you if you're lifting up the name of Jesus. You know what? That was a perfect segue. And I um, I couldn't have said it any better because that's what I wanted to go back to. This whole section is, again, talking about how do we live our life in the world so that we can first glorify God and have an impact and show not only the love of Christ, but what is Christianity? What is living for God? What is the kingdom of God? all about and so we are that that representative so to live that type of life and so there are several uh things that he will deal with so how do we then live in our society and we starts off with <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> that word being be subject how for the lord <laughs> for the lord's sake first of all it's all about the Lord is not about ourselves. And so that's the first thing that we are reminded. This is our life is a life that is to glorify God. So be sub subject, um, be submissive, put ourselves under. These are all from that same word, what it means to be subject, but it's for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Mm -hmm. mm. And as we read this, we have to understand that uh, we we are in the United States of America. And so yes. we're going to be reading this uh, in part through an American uh, lens. But remember, mm -hmm. this is broader than just our country and how what our society, this is a broad thing. But here... How is how is how do, in living in the United States of America? How does this work out? For example, uh, thank you, uh, Reverend Tripp, for sharing about civil rights movement. Um, so, how does that work in other societies that do not have the right to protest and all those other things? And so, this is bigger than s simply the United States. This is about the children of God. How do we, in whatever society that we're living in, how would, how are we going to have an impact when it says to every human institute institution? So let's ask the question: Does it mean then? And I'm, I'm now talking about with a an American lens. Does it mean that we are docile? Does it mean that we are fatalistic? Does it mean that we are powerless? So when we talk about being subject to, what does that mean in terms of as believers um, living in this society? What what kind of impact does that have for us? Because some can read this meaning uh, we then have no impact no uh, impact on our society. There's nothing that we can do. So what does that mean for us in living out our faith in this society in which we are called to live right now? Pastor well, Doug. for one thing, we can... 
And for one thing, we can, and if there's something that uh, goes against our Christian um, beliefs, if there's something that goes against um, an ordinance of God, we, we don't have to vote for that. So we do have a right to vote. And um, I think we can support our government in almost every case, except for when it orders you to do something that goes against God. Well, that's the way it is for me. I'm not going to vote for anything that I feel like goes against an ordinance of God. Okay. So that's part of the measuring step uh, that we're using, that you use, subject to uh, every institution for the Lord's sake. But there is a, I would say, a proviso. There is something that says, well, if it's something that is against God's ordinance, then that's not something you can agree with. Um, okay, what else? I agree with that too, Pastor. And um, the message version says, make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Now okay. we are one nation under God, indivisible on paper. But by the yes. same token, we also are children of God. And just, I think that was mine, just as was said a moment ago, if we are truly uh, one nation under God, then there's nothing that should prevent us from being good citizens, paying our taxes, following the okay. rules, quote unquote, and that kind of thing. But even as uh, Reverend Tripp was talking about the civil rights movement, even passive resistance was a teacher to us. It did not mean that we didn't protest. It just meant that they didn't, we didn't swing back. And the example in the scripture is that neither did Christ, even though he was tortured and beaten. And it was for a purpose, for our purpose that he did that. So if we model Christ, then we are going to find a way to do the right thing without having to give in to um, unfair treatment. Yeah, and, and if you recall, near the end of this section, Christ is used as the model, the example, um, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Anybody else? So be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human system, uh, institution. Uh, then it goes to the emperor as supreme, so that authority, recognizing authority, or to governors, as sent by those to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. And so this, this kind of smacks of that, that expression, law and order mm -hmm. and how it has been used. So the govern, governor or institutions are in place, ordained by God to maintain law and order, yet it does not. <laughs> Do y'all see where I'm trying to go? I see yeah, where you're going. Absolutely. Verse 15. Go ahead. Verse 15 expresses that as though we are free. And not using our liberty as a cloak, 
we do that by mm -hmm. modeling Christ in all in situations. In other words, you said Christ did not resist when he was persecuted. Well, there are times like when what Pastor with uh with uh Brother Tripp said about his marching, and we know about the second the marches that we had our forefathers have done, and we observed as children. They were beaten, had dogs sick on them, water holes, what have you. And a lot of them didn't fight back. A lot of them couldn't fight back. Some did, but for the most part, we reveal Christ by being passive and taking the punishment to get our point across to what we're trying to say, equality. Yeah, I, I would I would add to that statement, um, forefathers and foremothers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Because we said earlier the sisters, the sisters, but yeah. So, and the reason why I wanted to hesitate and, and just deliberate here because we're living in this society, we're living in an American society, and we have certain rights and and yes. things that we can avail ourselves to. But remember, there are people in different countries that do not have the rights that we have, and so you know we pray for our brothers and sisters around the globe that uh, don't have legislation and constitutions that really support uh, what we have. And so we are truly blessed. I'm not here to praise the United States of America per se, but just understand, I think was said earlier, we do have rights and we can do it according to uh, God's wor word. For verse 15 says, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. What is that ignorance all about? Because what they were saying about Christianity is that it was a subversive religion, that it had no respect for, again, law and order. But by them living a life that respects the law, respects the emperor, respects governors, then that will demonstrate uh, that as we're living this Christian life and being a light in the society um, that we live in. And verse 16, which uh, Butch started referring to, living as people who are free. So the part of the purpose is, A, doing the will of God. B, silencing those who are saying that Christianity um, is a, a, a religion that is only here to be against the society. Mm -hmm. Then another part is in terms of this, what some would call the upside down kingdom. And that is by we're living as people who are free, but at the same time, we are servants of the Lord. And so that's <laughs> part of the what some would call the paradox of of being a Christian, we we are free, yet we are slaves, slaves to doing the things that God would have us to do and not to use our freedom to live selfishly. Mm -hmm. um, so we uh, use our freedom as, as servants of God. So that's part of the challenge of living out our faith, that we are free, but it's not about the freedom for ourselves, it's about the freedom to serve the Lord and to serve others. Mm -hmm. Anything else there after verse 15 and 16? 
Pastor, you mentioned before about being passive. And 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 we we are not called to be unconcerned and not caring about what's happening around us. Mm-hmm. Even when 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 if the law is against the law of God, we are called to first obey what God wants us to do above every law because he is the supreme law. And I, w- I was thinking about that even in the voting, how they were saying gerrymandering is legal and they want to carry it through so that a particular party can be in power. And, and, and we don't have to sit back and take that because it's legal in a particular state and it's not legal according to the constitution, even in their own law. But somehow or another, they twist the law to make it legal in one area and it's wrong. And we don't have to sit back and be quiet about those kind of things taking place because what they're trying to do is, I say out of, out of 14 districts, their party, by gerrymandering would take over 10 of the 14 districts. And we shouldn't sit back and just take that and let it happen. And God doesn't call us to sit back and be so passive to let those kind of things just go through and, and for us not to say that. It looks like since the 60s and 70s and since the period of so-called integration, we have become more of a passive people than ever before. And- and, and I think I we are too passive. And let me just interject is that we have to make sure that we understand that, again, that's it, an issue, not only as we as Americans and, and hinting at perhaps many, the majority of, of us may be um, African-American, but we also have to make sure that um, we're not trying to promote one party over another. Um, because I know that it does, you know, some of the things you're talking about locally in terms of the state of North Carolina, what's, what's happening, but it's, again, it's bigger than that. And so how do we still as, as citizens of, I'll just say North Carolina, we can have an impact, um, but not allowing that to take over because it's about what does God want us to do? It's about justice. And yes, how do yes. we, how do we, as people of the kingdom of God, walk in justice? And how can we have an impact? So, and that may have to do with gerrymandering. It may have other issues. And so, again, let that inform us. Um, but that's not our sole call. Our sole call is what about righteousness and justice, and yes. we can do things um, to make sure that happens. And so, and that's the struggle, because when we make a statement of saying against God's or um, God's ordinance, then because people can twist the scriptures a certain way. So we have to make sure that it truly is grounded in the word of God when we make those kinds of statements. And there are some things that are very clear, but sometimes people can abuse and, and, and their interpretation of scripture. So living this, life as believers, as the kingdom of God, as you can see, just in our discussion here, we have to be prayerful about how we are conducting ourselves and uh, what are we are promoting, first of all, 
doing the will of God for the glory of God. It is about justice. It is about being engaged. And what does that mean uh, for us living out our faith, not as Republicans, Democrats, or, or independent or any other party, but as people of God, what is God calling us to be and to do? And this, this, all of this is about, I put law. And I, I just, I have a question. Um, what if we are called to serve on a jury? Um, let's say uh, a murder case. And we know that the prosecution is seeking the death penalty for this for this person. Um, and we know that we, you know, the the word tells plain that thou shalt not kill. So uh let me see how can I put this. Um I mean this is, what, this, what, is, this is good. Go ahead. What I mean, what, what what should we actually do about this? Because it does tell the word tells us that thou shalt not kill, but we know that these people are seeking the death penalty. And how should we find these people guilty or not? I know that our job is to tell them, you know, whether they are guilty or whether they're not. But if we didn't see, uh -huh. then how do we know? The Bible tells us to talk that you know and testify to that what you've seen. Yeah, that you're, you're asking a, a, a nice ethical um, and philosophical question. And that's why I asked before about according to God's understanding. So there are many believers that uh, do support um, the, the death penalty, even as we can go some scriptures that the governor does not hold the sword in vain. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, does that mean that they have the right to um, and uh, execute that kind of severe punishment. So that's where the, what what do we mean on that? Um, and so it, it is a hard challenge. There is that, um, there is the code in terms of your own moral convictions, um, but I would not say that that is a necessarily quote unquote Christian understanding because even in those lines, people have various views on that, so now it comes down to that individual. What is my uh, ethical uh, stance and how I understand um, what is going on here? And you know, this is gets more complicated because probably in the was there selecting people to be on the the jury that you may be one that's weeded out that's beforehand. <laughs> beforehand, <laughs> so it's 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 not it's not as easy as that, but it's a good question to think about is ethically, morally, I'm trying to live out my life. And that's really what it gets. What does the word word of God, and how does the word of God inform me? How can I look at various scriptures about whatever the issue is, and then apply that? And it may hit you differently than it may hit me, but yet we are both seeking, Lord, I want to do your will according to my understanding, revelation of where I am, right now um and so that's why it's important <clears throat> that we do study the the word of god and allow it to inform us in our decisions so i don't want to go too far in that because it is hypothetical but yet it it challenges us to look 
and ask the, the right questions of, Lord, I want to do your will. What does your word of God, what does your word say about this? Because I want to live according to this and then let, especially again, an American society, let those in the authority know of the ethical um, situation as your your own religious conviction. So that's that's part of it. Good. And it could very well be that in doing that, you would have to be eliminated, but right. you would be responsible for for expressing your commitment. Yeah. And, and yes, and so and I've let's eliminated. I've been eliminated from a jury before because of my own ethical beliefs. Yeah, and and that's why it's it's good for us to okay. And again, going back to where we are living, living out our Christian faith in this society. I want to start with. I want to do the will of God. How can I show as a because remember, living your life before in the world to say that these the Christians uh, are not trying to subvert. So you answer that letter that says you have to serve on jury duty. So that's part of the, the responsibility. That's one way of demonstrating and not just throwing it in the trash can or resisting. So you have to do what you're supposed that's to do, but also answer truthfully when those. So I don't want to get too deep in that, but that's a good question about how do we apply God's word to various situations in our life. Pastor, I think also it comes, I think it boils down to Christian maturity. Uh, in 6, 6, 17, it said to all men, it ain't just uh, all authority is preordained by God. He has the ultimate, ultimate purpose about anything. So we yeah. must be much prayer before we do anything, Lord, let me see what you see. Let me hear what you hear before we go in there with our own uh, perceived ideas. A lot of times, this is what I believe. It ain't about you. What does God say? And another good segue, because that's where I wanted to get right to. 17 says, honor, and again, this translation, honor everyone. That's right. Right. Political party. Doesn't matter. Honor everyone. Mm -hmm. Racial background. Honor everyone. There's everyone is created. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's some good stuff right there when it says honor everyone. It means <laughs> everyone. Everyone. So what does everyone mean? Everybody. Everyone. Everyone. I know you're not everyone. supposed to answer a, a, a question like you know with the same uh, response, but everyone. Mm -hmm. And that includes the Christian authority, the authorities that we hope are mm -hmm. Christian. And if they aren't, you know, then you know we have to honor them too. That's right. To an extent. I don't mean to an extent, but what I mean is I, in a way in a way that does not compromise our beliefs. Everyone. So, everyone. Honor everyone. Then it goes from the, the big picture. Then it says, love the brotherhood, the household of faith. Of yes. course, fear God mm -hmm. and reverence. 
and mm -hmm. in our society honor the emperor or those that are in charge. That's kind mm -hmm. of the governing part of living out our, our, our faith in a secular and our civil society. Then verses 18 through the end of the chapter, 18 through 25. And it seems like that section, there had to be a whole lot of explaining had to go on there because it, it, it throws down the heavy weight of uh, talking, about, talking about Jesus as the example. So let's talk about, um, and we've, we've done this before when we've looked at um, Ephesians and uh, I believe it was Timothy as well. So when it comes to, uh, first of all, when it uses the term servant, um, that yes. was a, a bulk of the society, um, which had a variety of job positions. Some were an administrating, administrative, some were the menial tasks. So it's, it, it's had a broad implication. If, and sometimes if you were not a Roman citizen, um, you had to work to get to that, have that freedom. So it it's a wide variety of, of applications. And was it, was there a form of uh, chattel type of slavery as well, servant? Yes. So it had a wide variety. So uh, when we read it, especially as African-Americans, African Americans, we um, automatically go to 1600s, forward or 1500s forward in, in it but it was similar but not the same so some of it was more indentured servant so there was a variety so uh -huh. starting there so one could say that this is talking about the the work population um and, and working in the society the workforce and so uh, don't get stuck on just the word servant or slave it is the the workforce and I'm not dismissing that some of it had to do with uh, similar uh, as captives that were brought into the society, but it also had a broader implication. So here, here's the, so if you fit in this category, and many of them did, what's, what's the instruction to the servants? Be submissive. Yes. Similar theme so far. So submissive to for authority. Christ. For Christ. Yes. Submissive to Not Christ, just... submissive to authority. Now here, what's their instruction? How to live as servants subject to who in this case? The laws of Christ. What does it say? Servants be subject to your masters, masters. with all respect. Mm -hmm. Loaded terminology, right? Yes. Right. Well, basically, I'm going to say good and bad masters. Yeah. Right. Even if they're cruel. And I have that the good. The bad and the ugly. And the ugly. <laughs> and the ugly. That's right. That's so right. what's the overarching is, as was the last section, the, doing the will of God and here living out as in this submission to glorify God, 
even to whoever the master is, you have a role to have an impact and to testify about what it is to live for God. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go ahead and read verse 19. For this is a, and I'm reading from the ESV, for this is a what? Gracious thing. So is God's grace at work in this submission? What else is in there? So as you're as you're being subject to God's grace is at work. What's that? Of what Christ has done. I'm mindful of God because I'm doing this as unto the Lord. As I'm going through, what am I thinking about? Philippians four kind of gives us a hint. What does that yeah. say? Whatsoever is true, whatsoever <laughs> things are low, whatsoever th I'm going to start thinking about these things. Mm. Okay, so mindful of God. What else? And it, uh, it's commendable to God if you are a sacrificial mm. servant, because mm -hmm. because uh, it is no. Um, I guess no, nothing to be commended for if you're just doing your job and there's no challenge to it. But if there's a challenge, if you're being mistreated and you don't deserve mistreatment, that's what's commendable to God. And that's Christ-like. Yes. Sounds, sounds easy, doesn't it? No, it does no, not. No, it okay. I just want to. No. I just threw that out. No, no. okay. <laughs> we can't do it in our own power. Yeah, okay. no, we can't. Holy Spirit. Um, so let, let me read that verse. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is again a gracious thing. In the sight of God, verse 21, for to this you have been oh. called. Oh. This is what you've been called to, to do what? Suffer, to <laughs> serve, to honor God, that you might mm -hmm. follow in his <laughs> steps, keeping our mind stayed on the Lord. This is where he talks about Christ Jesus right here. Yes. And we cannot do it in our own strength. That's right. We do it in the strength of the Spirit of God who mm -hmm. brings all things back to our remembrance. So we start thinking about Jesus as we're going through, sitting at the desk, mm. <laughs> looking at the clock, mm. thinking about Jesus as we're going through, seeing what has been written about us in that report, mm -hmm. thinking about Jesus. Anything else? Mm -hmm. Thinking about Jesus. Go ahead. I was just going to add thinking about Jesus and also seeking wisdom as, as a citizen uh -huh. of the kingdom of God. We also ha we have that obligation to speak to injustice and to speak to uh, maltreatment when individuals are not being honored. So there, it, it is kind of a paradox again as the servant to stay humble in this place because we've been called to this. Looking back at our history, then uh, we, we're not saying that those of our ancestors who escaped from 
enslavement. They were not wrong for escaping from that. They were not wrong because they did not stay in that. Looking at the employee who does sit under an abusive employer, are, are we're not saying that they are wrong for removing themselves from that. So it does take, take wisdom to apply um, kingdom principles to what we do and how we live. And that even in those cases when we have opportunity to speak to injustice, to speak to wrong, Absolutely. we are still doing it in a way that honors people. I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. Thank Amen. You. And I it think we have to be sure we vote for those those right. kinds of people to put them in the position Amen. to uh, to bring about equality and good behavior. And we do have some, thank God. Amen. Yes. It goes back to that mindful thing. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. What he went through. I mean, he didn't just do one thing. It was it was 33 years of torment. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, remember, and I like what uh, Sister Debbie mentioned about there is there is suffering. There is also redemptive suffering for ourselves, but also for others that we we pave the way for for others that we may have be able to be that voice to be able to identify um, some injustices that are, are going on. So it may not immediately affect us, but it may have an impact on others. Um, and so as we're going through in no way do we want to belittle or not to be mindful of the, um, sometimes the very deep hurts that happen on the job when um, people are uh, get looked over for promotion or not even considered for promotion or uh, not getting the credit, all those things happen. And what do we do in those circumstances? How do we respond um, in those situations where we know that there is an injustice either for ourselves or for those that we may supervise um, so it's not, again, only about us. Sometimes we're in a position of authority where those that are working for us are not given a fair opportunity. So what do we do in all, as believers in that workforce, in that environment, what do we do? And there are some things that are within our system where we have HR, human resources. Well, how do we use the resources in the right way so that we can um, you know, have, have an impact um, for, for others as well as we are going through. So this, and it calls for, and it says faithful endurance. And while we're going through, mm -hmm. what God, what do you want me to do in this situation. For some, it will be, you know, God is opening a door for you to seek employment elsewhere. Not everybody has that opportunity. Not everybody has that, but we're trusting God in the midst of that. Lord, how do you want my light to shine? How do you want me to be as a servant of God? And one of the things I do is I look to Jesus Christ. Lord, you are the sustainer. And how can you help me to overcome, endure in this circumstance so that 
others will see your glory in my life. And sometimes we have to speak truth to power. We have to work at trying to see that the system is changed so that it benefits everyone, not just the select few. I, I believe it was Dr. King that said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Well, it may be the person beside you right now, but it might be you next or the person down the down the hall. So I think you know we it is it is our responsibility to speak truth to power. And in this country, we have some uh, some res resources. We have a constitution. We have bylaws. We have, uh, but it takes courage sometimes too. And that courage comes yeah. from Christ. You know, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. fear. Mm -hmm. So even if we put ourselves in jeopardy, we might be freeing somebody else up. And we might mm -hmm. be freeing both of our, both both of us up. So it's just yeah. an example of how we have, like uh, Sister Debbie said, we have a responsibility for our community. And it's in America, we have that. In other countries, they may not. But in America, we can speak for them. We can mm -hmm. speak up for others, not just for ourselves. So again, we're not using our freedom for our own self. Right. We are using our, our freedom to glorify God sure. in the midst of how we are living out this life. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Well, my uh, initial goal was to get through this part of the, the scripture and then go right into the next chapter but let before we even consider that we're right at the end so i won't be able to to do that but i do want to read what when we talked about the example of christ so i'm going to go back to verse 24 and just kind of reread this he himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you have been healed for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So Christ paid the price for us, and we have been brought back into um, the, the sheepfold because of what Christ has done. He wants us to live in, live under his protection, live under what he would have us to do. And that sometimes calls for suffering. But it's a suffering that, A, is what they would call redemptive suffering. It's a suffering that brings glory to God. It's a, a suffering that may have an impact for somebody else. But the bottom line is, how do we live out our faith when there is injustice, when being maltreated? Um, can we still glorify God in the midst of that? Um, mm -hmm. And that can have an impact and a testimony that gives God's glory to see that our lives truly has been changed. Amen. Amen. Pastor, when I, Pastor, as we go with this chapter, you know what I think to myself? I can say yes. that now you can understand why I say I need Jesus desperately because this yeah. is not easy. No, it is. It is not easy. So, Living the Christian life, as it says, not for cowards, 
Um, but we don't do it in our own strength or power. We do it through the power of the spirit of God so that we can be that salt and that light in the world. Um, and so what we did tonight is looked at, um, a, first of all, our submission or being subjected uh, in subjection to the civil authorities and what kind of impact that that has. And then another segment of society is as in as the workforce, as servants uh, to masters. How do we have an impact on where we are when there's injustice going on? And how do we still demonstrate uh, the kingdom of God, God's life principles that we can have an impact and make a difference that represents Christ and society. And the last one, which we'll have to pick up on next week is from chapter three, verses one through seven, mm -hmm. it is, I believe. So I would I encourage you to read that. It's now it's gonna talk about the home life. And so what, as husband and wives, and we've dealt with that in Ephesians and elsewhere and in Timothy, what what how does our home life reflect the glory of God in this society in which they lived um, and then in the society in which we live how does that make a difference to bring glory to God so we'll pick that up next week first uh, Peter chapter 3 um, so at right after that first section we'll we'll look at that. And there's a big section on suffering and that part of suffering will take uh, verses eight through the end of the chapter and as well as the second part of chapter four. So I would encourage you to read both chapters three and four, honing in on, of course, husband and wives and then that section on suffering. We'll try to cover both of those together on next week. So chapter three and parts of chapter four, Lord willing for next week. Um, and I'm trying to gauge our time because on the 27th, the last Wednesday of the month, we will not have prayer or Bible study. So we'll have tonight the 6th, 13th and 20, and then we'll take a break until the new year. So that kind of give you a, a framework in terms of the, the next couple, now a couple of Wednesdays. So the um, the next two Wednesdays, the 13th and 20th, and then on the 27th, we will not have Bible study or prayer on that Wednesday. It's hard to believe we're almost to the end of the year. 